So our, our story has led us here. And I did promise you that grandma would be quite a treat. We're going to take a, a brief pause and they're actually going to come back to, uh, to, to finish things up. But um, we don't want to leave the story like that. We've got to bring you to a conclusion uh, this morning. But what I want us to do before we, before we jump back in is I want us to just kind of hit the pause button and to ask the question, which of these characters do you identify with the most? Which of these characters can you... Uh, can you sort of connect with the most? You've got, you've got Michael, and I think you've got a handout there that you can fill these out. You've got Michael, the hiding husband. Kind of passive, aggressive, works all the time. Doesn't really know what's going on with his family. Um, home has become a place uh, where he doesn't want to be, and so therefore he pours all of his life and his heart and his passion into his job and stays at the office as long as he possibly can. He's a hiding husband. You've got Fred, the orbiting in-law, and uh, and he's he's kind of uh, he's kind of the character that uh, that sort of marries into this family and goes. The best way to, for me to get through the holidays is to just kind of find my seat in front of the television or my cell phone and just try to not cause any problems and do my thing. And eventually this will all be over and we can go back to wherever it is we live and what we do and things will be over. You've got Jenny, who's the peacemaker. She is constantly looking for a way to bring people together, constantly trying even 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 with the uh, with the attempt to deceive so that she can try to get people together to talk and deal with their issues and so far she's had a hard time doing that then you've got Abby the favored child the child who does everything right and gets all the good grades and and she's the one that uh, as Grace continues to say she has earned her keep she deserves what she gets, the new car and the nice clothes. And, and then you've got Ryan, who's the black sheep. He's the one who didn't fit into the box that Grace had created for him and goes off and pursues sort of his own interests. And she's kind of cut him out of the family. He's, he's sort of the black sheep of the family. Then you've got Lillian, the cranky matriarch, who is bitter and hurt and controlling and manipulative and probably taught Grace all of her tricks um, over time. Then we've got Grace, kind of our lead character in all of this, who is hurt and dealing with it the only way she knows how. She's hurt. She's struggling to know how to deal with the pain and the disappointment and the pressure that she's experienced in her life. And so it just comes out, well, comes out the way you've seen. 
And then finally, Carol, who's kind of the unluckiest of the whole group, who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, how uncomfortable would that be when that would be your introduction to your significant other's family for the first time? Maybe you can relate to that. I don't know. The question becomes, as you're looking at this scenario, as you're looking at this family Christmas, is what is the solution? What, 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 what would bring this problem to a solution? How could it be resolved? And then finally, who among the characters has the best chance of resolving this conflict? Now, there might be some of you that have different answers. I know I heard Grace would be one that potentially could. Some might think Ryan is in a position to resolve this. Some think that maybe if Michael would just step up in a, in a stronger way, he could resolve it. Some think maybe Grandma could step in and do it. When Fred, maybe. What I want to show you and suggest to you as, as they continue is that in conflict relationally, when the missing ingredient is introduced by whoever it might be, there's always a much better chance for things coming to a solution. So why don't we see now how this whole thing wraps up? Well, first of all, thank you to our cast uh, for a great job. They, uh, they told the story beautifully. I, I do want to mention, I, th I think she's already walked to the back, but um, Suzanne Shotwell is, is the, the lady who directed all of them, and, uh, and I think she's about to walk through. So uh, this, is, this is Suzanne here, and, and so thank you, Suzanne. Uh, she's not the kind that wants any recognition, but I just want to thank her in front of all of you for all the hard work that she put into uh, to getting them prepared and, and ready for, uh, for this. Um, I did want, before we jump into uh, what really will amount to be a, a fairly brief message, because I, I think they've done a pretty good job of communicating the message this morning. Um, I did want to just give an update because many of you have asked me uh, this morning about my mother. Uh, I know that, that several of you were aware, uh, whether it be through Facebook or, or through just folks that knew, um, that, that we thought that mom had had a, a mild heart attack uh, earlier in the week. And, uh, and I don't, for those of you that have been through this sort of thing, um, you know, you know that seems like every three or four hours the story sort of evolves to something different. Um, and so it started as maybe a reaction to some medicine and then it evolved into something with her heart and then a stress test and it looked like there had been maybe a mild heart attack and then they did a, a heart catheterization and this sort of thing. Um, basically, at the end of the day, what they found out was that there were no major arteries that were blocked, um, which, is, which is wonderful. Um, but there were lots of smaller arteries that were blocked, which, which is good. But uh, the negative is that they can't do a stint in the, the smaller one. So 
Um, and they said the, that she did not, in fact, have a heart attack. She did not have a heart attack, which is, which is good. Um, so she's home. She's, uh, she's going to uh, join the Y, I believe, and, uh, and, and go and, and begin to do some exercise. And they're going to give her some medication. And hopefully we will be able to, uh, to, to do some preventative measures so that, so that that won't be something that happens. So thank you. I did end up going to Goldsboro. Uh, this was production week of a... Um, of a big production that she directs at the community theater there um, for Christmas. And there's about 25 people in the cast and a full orchestra and all this kind of stuff. And um, they were in dress rehearsals and everything. And she, the director, was in the hospital. And so, um, so I actually went up there. I drove back last night and uh, I was up there directing the show. So, uh, so now um, let's do a musical, right? <laughs> I'm ready. I've got, got it in my back pocket. So, uh, Anyway, thank you for, for your prayers. Um, also want to mention before, before we start that, uh, that we would love it if you could think this week uh, about who you might want to bring with you to the Christmas Eve services. Um, I, I was actually looking in a magazine called Outreach Magazine this week that, that, that does a lot of stuff for churches and how to reach out and bring folks in that, that maybe haven't been going to church and, and how to love on them and and share the, the good news with them. And it, it was kind of cool because I, we hadn't read this article, or at least I didn't, maybe, maybe George did, but um, all the little do's and don'ts of Christmas Eve services. And as I went down the checklist, I thought, well, we're doing all those things. That's good. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it is a, a time that people are thinking about church that normally through the year, maybe they're not. Um, and so, if there's someone that you've been thinking and you maybe really wanted to invite them to church and you just hadn't gotten around to it, um, we don't really, I mean, there's lots of Christmas Eve services going around, so we don't really have really much of an interest in you inviting someone from another church. They, they can go to their Christmas Eve service and that would be great. Um, but we really want you to think about folks in your communities and in your jobs and in your schools and in, you know, all this that aren't going to church. And maybe Christmas Eve would be a time they might be interested in going. So, so think about that. Really, really take some time. This is one of those times of years that we can really capitalize on the fact that folks are thinking about, about church. And um, I think some of you are here uh, there for this series because of this, because of the season, you know. And so for the same reasons you walked in the door, there might be some folks that would walk in the door Christmas Eve. So, so that would be great for you to take some time to think about. Uh, pray w- with me as we, as we move forward. Um, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Um, we just invite you to, to fill this time and, uh, and open our hearts and minds as we, uh, as we bring this series to a, to a close. Um, Help us to, uh, to not just hear these things, but help us to do these things. Um, that we would, again, as we've talked about, God, that we would do the stuff, that we would do the things that we're learning. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we desire and what we hope. So thank you in advance, Holy Spirit, for, for moving in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. For all of all of you kids, uh, you've probably seen on your handout, I've got a place there for you where you can, I'd ask you to draw the, a picture of all the different characters that are in, uh, that were in the play. And I didn't put it on there, but if you're able or, or, or want to, to draw maybe a, right beside their picture a word that, that you think best describes them. 
maybe a word or a sentence or whatever that describes each of those characters and, uh, and, and, and work on that as we move forward. As I said, this will be pretty quick. Um, just to show you, normally my messages are two full pages. Um, this is one page and I've already done this much. Okay? So I've only got that much to go. So we, we really don't have very, very much today. So um, for some of you, you're going, that's, that's cool. Um, but, uh, but Michael realized something that we often miss. As, as the, the story began to unfold, Michael realized something that everyone else missed and something that we often miss. And it's, it's kind of our big idea statement. It's that grace always requires a death. Grace always requires a death. Now, now we talked the first week about the fact that, um, that, there's, that there's something often missing in our culture. There's something often missing in our relationships and our families. And that, that missing ingredient, it, it, is, it is the thing that we need the most and deserve the least. And that thing is grace. Grace is undeserved favor. Grace is going beyond forgiveness and, and actually blessing someone, not just saying, I forgive you. Um, I, I want to, to, to clear out the, the debt that you owe against me, whether it be physically or spiritually or emotionally. But grace goes beyond that point and says, not only am I going to forgive, I'm now going to bless. I'm going to give something of myself, my heart, my time, my words, my actions. I'm going to give something of myself that is not necessarily deserved. I'm going to go beyond forgiveness and I'm going to bless. And then the next week we talked about the fact that in order for us to understand the, the idea of giving grace, we have to receive grace. And how grace is a gift that we receive from God. It has no strings attached. It has no conditions. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. We can't be good enough for it. It's just that in his great pleasure and his great love for us, he gives us this gift. And we, we, we've sort of been deluded into thinking that grace is something or God's love is something that we earn, something that we have to do something for. And we talked about the fact that we just receive it, just like we receive a gift with no strings attached. But that, of course, when we unwrap this gift and we see how great and how big and how awesome and how amazing this gift is, then the, the natural response to seeing a gift like that is to go, here's my life. Here's me. The only way to respond to that kind of love is to just go, wow, I, I, will, I will devote my life to that kind of grace and love and that kind of relationship, ultimately. But Michael understood as this story unfolded and things, did, did you, could you feel, and I think the actors just did a really nice job, could you feel the intensity getting higher, right? It, it was higher, it was, it was hotter up here than it had been the last three weeks. It got, it got intense in some moments. And Michael realized, and I don't know that he could have articulated exactly what he was doing, it was kind of an off-the-cuff kind of, in the moment sort of thing. But he realized that something had to shake this thing up. 
And you see, grace always requires a death. Jesus died to his right to be treated as perfect and holy and without blemish. Do you understand that if there was ever anyone that had the right to be treated with honor and respect and dignity and worship, then it was Jesus. But he gave up that right and went to the cross to die to give us this gift of grace, to forgive us and ultimately to bless us with his love and with the filling of his Holy Spirit. You see, it would have been enough really for him to just say, it would have been more than enough for him to just say, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to give my life for you. I'm going to give up my rights. Uh, you know, and Philippians 2 says, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took on the nature of a servant, even to the point of death. So he left those rights and gave them up for a time to show for us the extent of his sacrifice and his love and his grace. Now, that would have been enough, right? And that would have been mercy and, and, and forgiveness. And then he goes, as we, as we see on in Acts chapters 1 and 2, he says, I'm not just going to forgive you. I'm not just going to wipe your slate clean. I'm not just going to make you, make you new and fresh and clean. I'm going to give you the greatest blessing that you could ever receive. And I'm going to deposit my presence into your life. My Holy Spirit is going to come and to indwell and to live in you. And you can be filled and again and again and again with his power and his love. Do you see how grace takes it a step Further. He says, not only am I just going to forgive you and then you go on and do your thing, which sometimes we think that's what we want, but that's so far off because what we need the most is for him to forgive us and then we need his presence in our lives so that we can live to the fullest. That's the blessing. That's the extra step that grace takes. But there had to be a death. For that to be accomplished. And it was Jesus' death that models that for us. And the, the thing is, as it says on your handout, there has to be a death for us as well. In order for us to give grace, in order for us to extend blessing into the world that, that we live in, there has to be a death for us as well. Death of pride, the death of our rights, the death of our right to be paid back our reputation, the death of wanting, to pe to wanting people to see your side of things and tell you you're right, the, the death of having to be apologized to, all of these things, if we're going to begin to think of extending grace, we have to die to all of those things. Those expectations have to die. And the second thing there is that the death has to happen before the grace is extended. You have to understand, it's not a trade, you see. Jesus didn't come and go, um, okay, 
uh, humanity, dear humanity, <laughs> I am going to do this if you will first recognize me or if you will first invite me to do it. Do you remember last week how we said grace, uh, grace requires no invitation, right? To introduce grace into people's lives requires no invitation. Jesus didn't wait for us to go, you know what? Bing, you know, light bulb above our heads. I think it'd be good if Jesus came. Let's invite him. Maybe he'll come die for us. Let's invite him to do that. Right? I mean, that's absurd. He came and did what he did without invitation. And so it's not a trade. It's not, you know, you do this and I'll do this. It's not a barter. The death has to happen for the grace of sin. It's not, I did my part and they didn't change, so it didn't work. So I just won't do it again. You see, that's a gift with strings, right? Like we talked about. That's going, here's this gift, but you better dot, 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 fill in the blank. That's, that's not how it works. The death has to happen first so that all the expectations and the you better or you, you had better do this or else or I'm taking the gift back if you don't. You have to die to all of that because the model of grace is that you put it out there and you leave it and it's gone and, and you, you don't look to get it back because that's the model that Jesus gave us. So the question becomes... And the thing is, this question will let you know what it is that you have to die to. The answering of this question will let you know that. What is it that you want or expect in return? What is it that you want or expect in return? If you, think, if you say, you know, there's this relationship. And over the course of these weeks, I just stinking know exactly what you're talking about. And I don't want to do it. But I know what it is, right? And you're going, I know who it is. I know what it is. I know what I've got to do. I dread it. I just don't even want to think about doing it. The holidays, Christmas is coming up. And I know I'm going to be around this person. And I know your stinking voice vault's going to be right in my head saying all these things. And I just don't even want to think about it. And the question becomes, what is it that you want or expect in return? Because whatever that an the answer to that is, is what you have to give up. Whatever the answer to that question is, is what you have to crucify before grace can be extended. If you go, I just want them to say I'm sorry. I just want them to tell me they love me. I just want them to acknowledge what I've done for them. I just want them to say they were wrong. I just want them to show up. I just want them to, to go back and explain to me why they did what they did. I just want them to fill in the blank, right? And so before you can take the step of giving that grace, you have to identify that thing and you have to ask God to help you to get rid of it. And you have to be willing to give the gift of grace without that want or expectation being met. 
Luke 2.14 says, this is the, the angels coming and, and, and telling the, the, the shepherds of, of Jesus' birth. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. You see, he gave that gift, that gift of peace and that gift of favor to humanity without humanity asking for it, deserving it, or recognizing their need for it. And knowing that most of us will despise his gift of grace and his love, he poured it out with no expectation of our response in return. So the question that we've asked over and over and over and over and over is where in the world, in your world, this Christmas, where is it that you need to extend grace? Who is the one person that you've been holding out on because, well, they just don't deserve it? They don't deserve it. They wouldn't care. They wouldn't respond. They, they wouldn't fill in the blank. And so I guess the, the little sentence down there at the bottom is our final sort of action point. And it says, I will die to my expectation of blank. And that's, that's whatever that expectation is, whatever that is that you want in return for this gift of grace. I will die to my expectation of blank. And you fill that in. From, and then that's the person, that's the, the individual and I will, and this, that's the action you're going to take. This is what I'm going to do. And then by, and then you give yourself a time frame. Because let's be honest, if we don't give ourselves a time frame, we'll just keep extending the time frame. And we'll be doing a series on grace again. And you'll be talking about the same stuff. Right? Why do I know that? Because it's me. Because that's me. So as, uh, as we prepare our hearts this morning for, for communion and ministry time, I, here, here's what I want us to do. And it's, it's, not un, it's not completely unlike last week. I mean, it's, you know, it's not terribly different. Um, and there are lots of ways, as George pointed out last week, there's lots of ways that you're extending God's love and God's grace and all that out in the, the community. Um, I didn't ask them if I could mention this, but, but this family right here up on the front row, they've been sharing on Facebook. They don't even know I was looking at this, but um, they've been sharing on Facebook uh, ways, and, and, and help me with the word again, Liz. Rack, Rack and it's random random acts of Christmas kindness and they've had just the coolest stuff that they've been doing as a family just blessing people just unexpected things and um, I think one of them was uh, there was a, a mother at a grocery store is that right gas station that um, that was pumping gas and I think it it was clear that you know she was 
sort of frazzled <laughs> as mothers can be sometimes and young kids and whatnot. And they, they went up and said, you know, we want to, we want to just give you, we want to pump some gas for you. We want to give you all, pay for all your gas. And I think at first the lady was like thinking it was a joke or something, you know. So there's, there's lots that they've got. I mean, almost every day there's something on Facebook that they're sharing. I just love reading them because um, it just is so encouraging to to hear about the stories, the different things, and I'm sure they'd be willing to tell you if you wanted to ask them afterwards, and the kids could probably probably tell you some fun stuff too. There's lots of opportunities for things like that. What I want us to zero in on this morning, though, is, is that, that one where it's hard, that, that relationship where it's it's going to cost you, and I don't mean money, because it costs them money to fill up somebody's gas tank, but where it's going to cost you emotionally to give this gift. But this morning, I want you to zero in on what it is that needs to die. In order for this gift to be given, what is it that you've got to let go of? What is it that you've got to be will, to willing, you've got to be willing to, to say, God, this, I'm, I'm giving up this right. I'm giving up this expectation. I'm giving up the need or the want to get this in return. Because you see, as, as, we, as we look at this table, and we do this every week, and I think it's so amazing how regardless of what we end up talking about, it all can land right here. That I don't know exactly how much Jesus knew when he was on earth. I think there's indication sometimes that when you look at Philippians 2 and he gave up, you know, those, those rights, I do think for a season and a time he did have human limitations not because he's limited, but because he chose to. <laughs> he chose to do that. I don't believe he's limited now. But I, be- I mean, certainly, even to take on the form of a human, that was a limitation he had not experienced before, right? The need for water and eating and rest, you know, all, all of those things were limitations that he chose for a season. But I don't know if he knew the full extent of what the response would be to what he was going to do. I don't, I don't really know. But he did it anyway. And he was willing to spill his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And he was willing to give even his body to be broken without the invitation of humanity and without anyone having said, you know what, if you do this, I'll sign up. You think about the things we do in life and we go, well, I want, to, I want to start this new organization. I want to start this new club. I want to start this new group. But before we start it, let's find out who's interested, right? 
Don't we do that naturally? But without expectation or, or with no strings attached, he poured that wine that night with his friends and he said, this represents my blood. I'm going to spill it to forgive you. And he broke that bread and said, this represents my body. I'm going to break it. I'm going to give it over because I love you. And because while we were sinners, he died for us. He extended that grace before we even wanted it. So before you come this morning, and if our servers could, could come now, as you come this morning, I want you to talk to God before you come. And I want you to admit to him and confess to him something that I believe he already knows. And that is, what is it that needs to die in your life for you to be able to give this gift this Christmas? And then I want you to ask him to take it. I want you to ask him to help you lay it down. There's going to be folks on either side that will be available to pray with you. Here's the thing, guys. When we do heavy lifting, we call friends to help us, right? When we say, man, I got a big entertainment center to move. Um, Stephen, I think, has helped me move about eight times um, around this county. And, uh, and, and, and so I'm, I'm not moving that thing by myself. We call them friends to help us. And there's some of you spiritually to let these things go and let these things die. You've got some heavy lifting to do. And it's time that you quit trying to lift it by yourself. And so these folks will be over in the corners um, on the other side of the communion servers and they'll pray with you. And, and it's confidential and it's right there and they're going to ask God to, to move right in the moment. And, um, and we would invite you to do that. So take a moment to think about that question. And, uh, and then will you come? We've got baskets on either side. You can drop your gifts and, and more importantly, your Connect cards and uh, Alpha cards as well. Um, so take a moment and, uh, and then when you're ready, please come. We use wine in our family. If you don't want to use wine, we've got juice behind. The, the servers can instruct you to that. So take a moment and come.